0: little bit we missed y'all a little bit but man it was a break that we all needed all right the last time that y'all spoke to me that y'all saw me in action you know we had Cody Felger from bring the juice on the show now shout out Cody thank you again Rashad is now back all right we have confirmation breaking news Destin Adams will be back in January okay don't you know you don't have to you know pay me for the inside information i'll give it to you for free <laughs> <exclusive> <laughs> content all right he is coming back the big three will be back together in january but he is just taking care of those father duties man gotta yes, be a uh, papa bear you know what that what goes with that all right but shot <laughs> man uh what a bye week okay what a bye week uh indianapolis took care of houston the way they were supposed to although i wasn't expecting a shutout they do get credit for that shutting out someone is very very hard to do regardless of how bad the opponent is um man just your quick thoughts quick thoughts man remember
1: quick 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 thoughts um What I want to say is what I'm most impressed with with this Coast team this season is we haven't played down to the competition at all this season. We play bad teams and when we play bad teams, we do what you're supposed to do to bad teams. We get them out of here. We haven't had any letdowns. Mike, you know, that's the thing in the past. We used to do play down to our competition and make it close games when it shouldn't be close games at all. That's one thing I can say. And Houston, Texas is another example of that. That game, Colts dominated that football game from start to finish. And what's funniest about it was Darius Leonard called it during that week. We saw it on Hard Knocks. He said he wanted a shutout. He told Kenny Moore he wanted a shutout. He told the rest of the defense they wanted a shutout during the first drive of the game. And they crossed the Colts' 40, 50-yard line one time. And never made it past the 40-yard line. That's impressive. I don't care if you're playing the Pee-Wee Pirates.
0: Yeah, that 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 is hard to do in the NFL, regardless of, of how bad a football team is. There's still professionals on that team. And to keep zero, not even keep zero, but they didn't even get close. They didn't even get close. They probably could have kicked a field goal at the end of the game, but who's trying to kick a field goal in that? Just go and score a touchdown. So they do get credit for that. Uh, speaking of hard knocks, are they doing the last episode tonight after a bye week, or are they waiting for after the Patriots game?
1: That's a good question. I, and, actually, I actually talk to the people and I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah I'm going I'm to talk to the people guys. But since Rashad is back, of course, this is Wednesday. We are coming at you with a preview show of the Patriots game. Since the game is on Saturday, another, another primetime game. Indianapolis has been on primetime. W- what a year it is to be on primetime. You know, you got, uh, let, let, let's go w- with the rundown. Of course, you had the Thursday night football game against the Jets, Monday night against the Ravens, Sunday night against the 49ers. We thought that was it, but primetime on Christmas, that's going to be in competition with NBA Christmas. NFL, in my opinion, is always going to overrule NBA, regardless of, what's up?
1: They will be airing tonight. They're not going to break. They're going. Oh, that's that's disappointing. All the way to episode nine. Oh, wait, there's going to be nine episodes? Yeah, January 12th is the last episode.
0: Oh, snap, bro. I didn't know there was going to be nine episodes.
1: Me neither. I thought it was going to be like four or five. Yeah, Yeah. five. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I guess in-season is, of course, going to be different than training camp then. Okay. They're literally going through
1: the entire rest of the
0: season. Let's do it. Let's do it. Prime time, of course. Now, this Saturday, thank you for the confirmation, this Saturday is going to be prime time against the Patriots. This, I know we've said it maybe a couple times. We said it about Tennessee. We said it about Tampa Bay. But this game. And
1: Buffalo. And Buffalo. And
0: and Buffalo but yeah, for they're... this game at home, for this game at home, inside Lucas Oil Stadium, I cannot think of a bigger game that's ever been played inside this stadium, other than Peyton Manning coming to town.
1: That was the uh, other than I thought of.
0: Other than that, the stakes of what it means. Prime time. A new era in Colts football. A new era in Patriots football. And a rivalry being renewed. All of that into one. This is the biggest game in Lucas Oil Stadium since Peyton Manning arrived in a Denver Broncos uniform the biggest game i don't think you convinced me we've had some good games you know dallas came to town trademark uh logo green bay tampa bay we've had some great franchises come to indianapolis but this also of course it's always going to be talked about josh mcdaniel's spurning the colts after uh losing in the super bowl to the philadelphia eagles and leading to Frank Reich being our head coach. It's going to be brought up a lot on Saturday, I bet, uh, from the announcers. I don't know who the announcers are going to be. I don't think it's going to be Troy Aikman or Joe Buck. I do think they have uh, one of the NFC games on Sunday, so I don't think they're going to do back-to-back days of games. But this is a big game, Rashad. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I know last year, uh, week 17, uh, we had a play-in game against the Jaguars. We had to win that game and get in again, the playoffs. That was at uh, Lucas Oil, and it was coming off of what Jaguars did to us in Week One of the season that year when they beat us. So that was a pretty big game. But I mean, nothing compares when you talk about the history that these two teams have. Although we haven't beaten them within the last ten years, uh, Jonathan Taylor was like eleven years old last time we beat uh, the Patriots, which is ridiculous. So. It's a rivalry for us, but it's not a rivalry to them because they've been dominating us. And I think to make it a rivalry, we have to get a statement victory over this team. They they're in the middle of a rust patch. They had Buffalo, they beat Buffalo, they play us, and then they play Buffalo again next week. So the Patriots are trying to get this game. They want to get this game. They need this game. They're trying to secure a number one seed right now in the AFC. And the road goes through Indianapolis, man, and Lucas Oil needs to be as loud as possible. People that are selling your tickets—if you're selling your tickets, Colts fans—do not sell them to Patriots fans. Sell them to other Colts fans. We need to be as loud as possible in that stadium and have it rocking, man. The magnitude of this game cannot be underestimated, man. Like this is going to be the one of those games. Now, don't don't get me
0: wrong. A lot of people always say, you know, what so prime time about Indianapolis. In my opinion, the entire world of America, football nation, football fans are going to be watching this game Saturday. They're going to. I mean, who does not have NFL Network right now? DirecTV has NFL Network. Dish has NFL Network. Even I think uh, things like Hulu has NFL Network. Well, I mean, I have Hulu. So, yes, it has NFL Network. Um There's a lot of outlets that have NFL Network. A lot of people are going to be talking about this game. It's a rivalry. It is a storied rivalry. Regardless of Peyton Manning, Tom Brady being gone, this is still a rivalry to its core, to its knees. And, man, to get into some matchups, to talk about the game, really, the first thing I want to talk about is clearly going to be the chess match going on the sidelines. This is going to be a classic, in my opinion. Frank Reich, one of the better offensive minds, one of the better play callers in the league, going up against the GOAT. That's not, you know, disputable at this point. The GOAT of head coaches and Bill Belichick and a defense of guru. I mean, is guru even the name to even put up there with Bill Belichick at this point? Is that even the name appropriate to put next to his name? I don't know. But the chess match that is going to go on between Frank and Bill. We got to talk about it right now, man. Uh, Throughout the season, you know, some people may ask, what can Frank do different against Bill Belichick? What does he have up his sleeve? This is with not just Frank Reich. This is with a lot, a lot of offensive head coaches. Their playbook is endless. They're always creating new plays he is going to throw some plays at Bill Belichick that he has not put on tape. He hasn't. I mean, and you do that purposely for matchups like this. Like what he was throwing at Seattle, he didn't want to throw at Tennessee since you played them so early. What they threw at Tennessee, they didn't throw it the first time, but they threw it the second time in the game. What you threw at Buffalo is what you – did differently in Tampa Bay. It's going to be different. Bill Belichick, it's almost like he does the same thing and it's just so effective. It's just so effective, but he does not do the same thing. He doesn't do the same thing. It's clearly different. Rashad, looking at this matchup of two great head coaches going to get their teams ready to play, let's just call it what it is playoff football, playoff environment. What are you looking at in this game and who right now just has the edge?
1: I'm glad you said uh, one of the great offensive minds when you reference Frank Reich because he's top five in my opinion. Maybe number five, but I have him right up there with the Sean McVeighs, the Kyle Shanahan's, those type of guys who innovate and scheme up things specifically for certain players in certain matchups. Uh, Frank Reich is among those type of guys. He don't get that level of respect from some people in Coast Nation, and it, it it annoys me. But Bill Belichick is that guy, man. I mean, like, we don't need to... Pump him up. Everybody gives him that respect. He's one of those guys that you talk about innovated, take away your strongest thing, make you beat them left handed. He does it week in and week out. You know, he was the one who first cracked the Sean McVay's offense that was terrorizing the league in that 2017, 2018 season. He he, he went to the Super Bowl and completely disarmed them, made their offense look, uh, basic and generic. Bill Belichick's that type of brain man. And and I can't wait to see the matchup with him and Frank because like you mentioned, you know, you don't throw the same plays and the same things. You actually are setting up things. I'll show you something in the Seattle game and then show it to you again in the Tennessee game. The exact same thing. So when we play you guys, we're going to run a counter off of this. You know, we give you certain type of looks, we give you certain type of, and then we switch up the routes and we switch up the order that we're going to call different things, it is a chess match, man. And those guys, have those guys, the great guys, they, they start playing chess in week one. They don't wait until the bye week. They don't wait until week seven, week eight. They start playing chess in week one. We show you these things specifically in situations. The average fan doesn't realize it. They don't, they, they don't have any idea. They think it's just a stupid play call. But if I'm calling something in week one and it doesn't work, but it's to set up something in week 15 and it works perfectly off of that. Who are you to say that that play in week one was a failure? You have no idea the type of mind games that these players and these coaches play. It is one big mind game. My my brother does it all the time. He gives different, he gives different rush plans just to set up a game that's maybe two or three games away so that the defense or the offense have no idea what's coming. I see it firsthand and it works. Frank Wright is going to call some things that's going to confuse Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick has seen it all, but he still can be confused at times. So hopefully Frank Wright got something up the, up the sleeve. If I was a betting man, I bet the house that we're going to see some things that we haven't seen at all this year coming out from formations to personnel usage to a different type of plays. Yeah,
0: I mean, you, you hit it right on, on on the head of the nail there. When it comes to, like, who's going to be available, right now from what we know, of course, they started practice earlier in the week because the game is on Saturday. Instead of taking Mm -hmm. that Monday-Tuesday break, they took Monday and then started practice on Tuesday. Zaire Franklin has unfortunately been added to the COVID list. Prayers to him. Hopefully it's nothing significant. Hopefully it's a false positive or anything like that. Just prayers out to him. He will most likely miss this game. Now, you're missing a special teams ace. Is what he is. Him uh, shares the rocks with the likes of George Odom, Ashton Doolin on special teams. So you're losing your boy. Got your boy got called up to replace him. Did you see it, man? Oh, he ain't replacing. Him. He's just doing special teams. <laughs> that's um, your boy, man, um, no, no, nah, that's not my boy. That's not my boy. Uh, <laughs> but he, here's the thing, and what he's referring to is Malik Jefferson being activated to the 53 man roster to fill that void. Zaire Franklin is the third linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's played the third most snaps at linebacker. So you're losing depth. Really? Just forget about special teams. You're losing depth on defense. Now Bobby Okariki missed practice with an illness. Who knows what that is? That's also significant on new England side of things. Adrian Phillips probably dealing with the ankle issue. He'll probably be okay. Damian Harris, um, Bye week actually came up at the right time. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. Other than that, both teams look pretty good. Ryan Kelly is back after being on placed on the COVID list. Danny Pinter did well in his shoes while he was gone. But right now, it's going to be looking like both teams are going to be at full strength. Now, getting into this matchup, before we get into all the matchups, what I did was took the ranks of both sides of the football for both teams. Now, I did this before... This last weekend's slate of games, because of course, with both teams not playing, their stats are going to be much better than they really are because they missed a week of playing time. So what I really did was take them about the Tuesday after we played Houston. So starting with the offense, okay, in total offense, the Colts rank 11th in a offensive dominated league. That's actually pretty, pretty good. The Patriots are after
1: the slow start.
0: Yes. The Patriots are ranked 18th, so middle of the pack. I mean, do you expect that with a rookie quarterback? Okay. The passing, the Colts rank 19th, all right? And like Rashad said, the slow start and everything, drop passes, you know, uh, sketchy performances here and there, especially against the Miami game. There wasn't really much to do in that game. They rank 19th. The Patriots rank 22nd. The rushing, clearly the Colts have the edge. They're second in the league. The Patriots rank 11th. So that's kind of good on good right there. Third down conversions, though, is where both of these teams kind of excel. The the Colts are at 42.6 third down completion percentage. The Patriots are at 43.3. So they're succeeding at a higher rate of third downs than normal. Now, when you look at the offensive ranks, clearly both teams, you would probably say, leaves much more to be desired in the wide receiver room. With Indianapolis, Michael Pittman is the really almost the only reliable guy. Zach Pasco has gone missing. T.Y. Hilton has gone missing. Uh, we all know Ali Cox went on vacation, hasn't been back, back since. Kylan Granson's development is speeding up. Jack Doyle is showing up a little bit. Who is stepping up after Michael Pittman? who then on the Patriot side of things you don't really have a number one guy you don't have the guy Nelson Aguilar Kendrick Bourne Jacoby Myers these are guys that you don't think highly of I mean Kendrick Bourne was actually pretty good on the 49ers team that made it to the Super Bowl and he was a uh, good uh, cog in the machine for that Super Bowl run I believe the leading receiver is Jacoby Myers with uh, what is it 626 receiving yards? So it's that really those, the number one receiver, yeah. I
1: would guess.
0: Yeah. It's really him and Myers. Mm-hmm. What really has surprised me is the low production coming from the tight end position. Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith were their two biggest acquisitions in free agency at the tight end position. Now remember, Rashad, I was the, the biggest fan of Johnu Smith. If yeah. he was used correctly. He can be elite, and that's just not what he's being used as. That's not – I don't even think he anticipated him being used this way primarily as a blocker. So, in reality, what are we really getting into? That remains to be seen. Both offenses look, I guess you could say, kind of identical, although I will say talent-wise, Indianapolis gets that edge. So, Rashad, before we go into the defense, when you're comparing these two offenses – Almost looking identical. Almost two completely different philosophies on offense. Where are you looking at?
1: Um, let's be honest here. We know they they offense is predicated on the run game and, and what they can do in the run game, and they want Mac Jones to make plays off of that. But Mac Jones has been doing just enough, man. I, I, honestly, he's not great. He's he he hasn't been bad at all. He's protected the football pretty well. He's going through his reads. That's what I'm impressed most about Mac Jones is that he always knows where to go with the football after the snap. He doesn't make plenty of mistakes like, like normal rookies do. He, he he He's not very athletic, let's be honest here. He's not going to kill you. He's not going to get out of the pocket and make plays. So the Colts don't have that to worry about. We know that's been an Achilles heel of this Colts defense for a while. But Mac Jones, you don't have to worry about that. He's going to sit in the pocket. He's gonna make the right reads. He's gonna get the ball out of his hands. But the the Patriots don't have many playmakers, man, in a passing game. And like you referred to, John U. Smith is a weapon that is not being utilized. I thought they was gonna get creative with him having maybe Hunter Henry um in line blocking and, and formations with John U. Smith in the backfield with uh Harris and that was a creative way to use him as a fullback almost sometimes in some situations, getting him split, split out wide. They're not doing any of that. So it's, it's very bland. It's very generic. Josh McDaniels is keeping his offense fairly simple, which is what you want to do for a rookie quarterback. You can't really complicate things too much because then he's going to get confused and start to make mistakes. So what they're doing now is keeping it bland and, and it's been working because the run game has been what it's been, you know, Luckily for the coach, that's one of the supposed to be one of the strengths of the coach defense. Stop the run. We struggle against teams that can spread us out and throw the ball all across the field. That is not what this team is. This team is going to try to run the ball and build off the play action. Similar to the way Indianapolis Colts play. Like I say, it's almost a mirror match, like Mike said. But we have more talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Our defense. Those guys have playmakers and and it's very spooky what they can do defensively with Matt Judon and, and a front seven is really kind of a bunch of guys that you never really heard of. Uh, they got the Ricky Barrymore who's playing phenomenal, but uh, it's gay guy. And, um, there's a couple of playmakers up there, but it is for the most part, it's just like a bunch of guys that's just coached by the greatest coach of all time. And that secondary is completely dangerous. He talked about Phillips. We know about JC Jackson. We know about uh, Devin McCourty. Like, it, they, they have guys, man, and, and they're going to force you to throw the ball on them because they're going to load up the box to stop JT.
0: Getting into the defense, like you said. Now, this is where it kind of gets a little interesting. In total defense, the Colts rank 13th. The Patriots rank third. All right. Now, one thing to keep in mind, while well, I'll get through these stats and finish up uh, uh, with my thought. Passing defense, the Colts ranked 12th, honestly. Now, again, this isn't after this week in Slay the Games where your rankings go up a little bit. Mm-hmm. This was after the previous week. So they rank 12th. The Patriots rank third in pass defense. Rushing, <laughs> the Colts rank 15th. The Patriots rank 19th in rushing defense. So do you attack that? Do you? Third downs allowed. Colts are giving up 39%. The Patriots are giving up 35. That's something that we definitely need to keep an eye on. Now, getting into the Patriots defense, I will say that their schedule has been easier than ours. I I, I will say that. They've played the Falcons. They've played uh, the Titans who are banged up like hell right now. They have played some banged up and some, middle of the pack teams are they are they too hyped are are they being hyped up too much is this the benefit of a soft schedule i think so honestly the defense is legit i still think defense is hard to just not be legit it's hard but the offense i think it's getting a real pass against the defenses they've played against i do think that for a fact now getting to our defense I don't know who started this narrative that we have a good run or great run defense. I don't know where this narrative came from. Cause we rank 15. That's not great. I don't even think that's good.
1: Great. Great. Is, the past we've been great the past few seasons. So I think that's just kind of something that carried over.
0: Probably. Um, I said, we, we rank 15th. So great. That's I would damn. say is one from five. One to five is great good is from 6 to 12 all right is from 13 to i would say 20 and then just bad is just 21 to 32 we rank 15th teams are running against us remember leonard fournette of all people closed us out he did Leonard, leonard fournette
1: he did
0: so when was the last time he was good come on now Years. So those are some things that we have to keep an eye on. Some of the things that kind of get me a little bit nervous. We know New England uses a three-back set. There's no, I guess you could say, true number one. They use all of their backs. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden. They mm-hmm. use all three of them. So getting into some matchups that we like, Rashad, I'm going to let you go first on this, man. I'm actually curious to see where where you go.
1: I'm going uh, to go with JT, man. I'm going to go with JT. In a run game against this front seven, uh, no, they're a very disciplined team. Like, you're not going to run for crazy numbers on them, but they have been leaks recently. We uh, saw it in the Tennessee game, Tennessee ran the ball extremely well with Foreman. Uh, I think we have a chance to expose that as well. I think uh, we're not going to be able to run duo. Uh, Zach Hicks referred to it, they use a lot of five down, down linemen. And that's going to ex- essentially take away combo blocks. Everybody going to have to really get, get one-on-ones. But sometimes the Patriots are when they're, when they're facing teams that run zone runs. They, they want to use the linebacker to plug that hole and force the cutback to the backside. Sometimes that guy can get washed. And if you can wash that guy in with the offensive, if one of those offensive lines, the center of the guard can get to one of those guys, there's going to be a hole there and Jonathan Taylor is going to break that hole. It's a lot different from when Foreman hits a hole. And then when Jonathan Taylor hits a hole, Foreman hits a hole and, and maybe it's a 10, 11 yard game. If Jonathan Taylor hits that same hole, it's 25, 35 yards easily. So I can see a lot of a, a zone run plays. If we could get those linebackers washed up into offensive linemen. I know this is nerd football talk, by the way, um for those casual fans, but, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of uh, power, a lot of power run plays, try to get a hat on a hat, and hopefully John Taylor can make somebody miss in a hole and, and he's out of there. He's that special of a back, though. You're going to see the coach running into some bad boxes. That's what you guys want to see, right? When Carson was changing the plays and doing what he was supposed to do, audible in out those situations, when you see eight-man boxes and, go, and audible in the pass plays, you guys were upset, even though it was the right thing to do. I think, some, I think the coach this game will be a little stubborn just because of how good the Patriots' secondary is. The Patriots can leave their corners on the island with, and play single high and have the safety just roaming over the top and feel comfortable in that defense. They'll live in that against the coach because they know Jonathan Taylor is such an explosive weapon. At the end of the day, I don't think you stop him. I think he'll still end up uh, having a pretty solid day. So I, that's the matchup I like.
0: Interesting.
1: I'm going to go with the matchup.
0: I referenced it earlier. I'm going to go our secondary against their
1: wide receivers. I thought I'm, she was going to Never mind. Nah. Uh, uh, I you thought know I'm gonna... not
0: going there. I can't go there this <laughs> no. game. You know no. I can't go there okay. this game. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to pick our corners, our uh, secondary, against their wide receivers. I think talent-wise, I'll take Rock. Uh, the development and the, the the steady, fast-pacing development of Isaiah Rodgers. Xavier Rhodes has a chance to get healthy. He's been dealing with a nagging calf issue. TJ Carey back in the mix. Corey Willis got came back uh, against the Texans, has another week to get healthy. They're back. So I mentioned it. Is there any clear number one guy that you put an emphasis on? Is there a clear, you know, backbreaking player that you're going to go up against? I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't think so. So I'm going to like, you know, I'm actually curious to see if Matt Eberflus gets creative. This is a game you're going to have to get creative. You got to trust talent-wise you're better than New England on the outside. You have to say, okay, in this game, am I going to put you all on, on an island? Y'all are certainly capable of that. I'm going to dial up some blitzes. I'm going to dial up some stunts. I'm going to bring the house. I'm going to disguise blitzes, whatever the case may be. You got to get creative in this game. You got to make it a little bit hard on Mac Jones. You got to do that. You you just have to. So, that matchup in particular, I'm going to love in our favor because I just think speed, physicality, technique. I will take, and this isn't something that we usually say, I'll take our corners against their receivers. I will. I feel like our, our corners, remember the wide receivers we've played this year. We have played some magnificent wide receivers this year. Yeah. We are, we are battle tested. Yeah. This team, I believe, is more battle tested than New England. They're a mm-hmm. more veteran presence on this team than New England. They're battle tested. And I'll take that any day between two teams fighting it out in a big game, especially yeah. when one has the home field advantage. So getting into matchups that we don't like, uh, I'm not sure. I, I think, I think Rashad and I have two things on our head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to go. You know what? I'm gonna let Rashad go first again. I'm gonna let him get first dibs. I'm gonna let him get first dibs on whichever one. Uh, I have two in my head. I think he has the same two. So Rashad.
1: Uh, yeah. Let Let's do it. I felt comfortable no matter where I went with this one because right. I, I I had I had one for each situation. But real quick, um, about your matchups that you like, um, who'd have thought, who'd have thought we'd ever be saying we like a co-secondary against somebody? Right, coach, right. Right? And um, something important that you that you uh, mentioned. Sendeho got benched. I don't know if you saw it or if you noticed it, but Odom has been put on a depth chart as starting along with uh Kyrie Willis. So I think that's that tips the scale even more in your favor you know, as far as liking that matchup. And obviously the Colts see what we've been seeing is that Odom needs to play more. Him and, him and Willis is, is a much better tandem than Sindale and Willis is. So, but anyway, my matchup, I, I don't like. Uh, Mike, I am sorry. You know, I'm sorry, Mike. I know you love this guy. I love this guy. You know, he's my guy. And any other time, any other matchup, he is a matchup that I love, but this week I don't like it. Uh, Bill Belichick can do one or two things here. And, and my matchup, uh, for those of y'all that haven't caught it yet, is Michael Pittman against J.C. Jackson. But Bill Belichick sometimes, what he likes to do is he puts his number two corner on your number one receiver, and he has a safety help him all game. So that, that pretty much eliminates your number one receiver. And then he takes his number one corner, which in this situation is J.C. Jackson, and he puts him on your number two receiver and leaves him solo the whole game. So it doesn't matter which way he goes with that, this, this game. I don't like it for Michael Pittman either way. If he's getting double teamed all game, then that'll essentially take him out the game. Or if it's just J.C. Jackson on him, I don't like that matchup be the J.C. Jackson is a guy that is a ball hawk. Look at his interception pr- pr- uh, production these past couple of seasons. He's having a phenomenal year again this year. He's on pace to, to, to be an all pro cornerback and the type of ball production that he has. I, I just wouldn't risk it. I know Carson likes to throw those jump balls, those one on one jump balls. J.C. Jackson is one of those guys that'll go up and get it, man. He turns into a receiver when the ball is in the air. I am terrified of him in this matchup. Hopefully Carson stays away from him and we find a way, like Mike said, one of these other guys step up, maybe Jack Doyle, who has been playing phenomenal lately. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see this resurgence coming on with him, but I'm glad he did because he's doing everything Mo'Elly Cox was supposed to be doing for us this season. Jack Doyle has been doing it. Old reliable, old faithful. But yeah, that's the matchup I don't like, Mike. What do you have? I'm pretty sure I know what it is. We'll so go wait,
0: so so before I, I move on to mine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: are you not liking the one on one of Michael Pittman versus J.C. Jackson? Or are you saying Michael Pittman is just a solo dog out there because no one else is stepping up and coverage is going to get thrown his way the whole game?
1: I'm I'm saying I'm saying it's going to be either or. Either either Bill's gonna Bill's gonna double Bill's gonna double one side. And the side that he don't double, is going to be J.C. Jackson, one-on-one. I don't like Michael Pittman in neither one of those situations. I don't like him being doubled. I don't like him being one-on-one with J.C. Jackson. It's just because lately I haven't been seeing the route precision from Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is a guy that, that does run good routes. But lately his route running has been struggling in the past couple of weeks. I'm not sure why. Maybe he needs new cleats. Maybe something wrong at home. I don't know what's going on with Michael Pittman. But he's been slipping in and out of his breaks. He hasn't been catching the ball well to his extent, you know, to what we're accustomed to with him. So that's why I'm saying If this was early season, Michael Pittman that we saw from week one to about week 10. That guy was a dog. I don't know what's been going on with Michael Pittman these past couple of games, these past couple of weeks. Maybe Uh you know more. I don't know, but I don't like Well, the thing
0: for me. The thing for me, of course, we all remember my rant about him in the Tampa Bay game. You don't do that. You don't start the game that way in that game against that opponent. He did respond, okay. Uh, I think it was four catches for 43 yards. The Buffalo game, clearly the game plan was to not even have him in there. Just run the ball, run the ball, high wind, heavy rain. Drop the touchdown in that game, too. Buffalo. I believe, yes, dropped the touchdown. I played, It was like an easy slant,
1: right? Yeah, I think it was. I think he slipped, and I think he slipped again. Like I said, I don't think I don't think
0: he slipped. It hit him right, right here. Right. (sighs) Still, um, bounce back in a in an okay way against Houston. But remember, primetime games, Pittman steps up. He just does. He just does in the one on one matchup. I'm not gonna say I'll take Pittman. But I would love to see that the whole game. If Bill Belichick, now he won't do this. He He will not do this. He won't. But if they were to go with one-on-one, J.C. Jackson, Michael Pittman, Bill Belichick is not trying to feed the ego of J.C. Jackson. He's Mm -hmm. not trying to feed the ego of Patriots fans. We can take this guy, just let him go one-on-one. He's worried about winning. He doesn't care about the egos of a Michael Pittman versus J.C. Jackson. Mm -hmm. He's going to do what best fits his team. So you got to expect, I mean, especially with a little help from your head coach, scheme this guy open. You, you got to scheme this guy open. You have to get him involved. You have to, in my opinion, uh, if it's one-on-one, I would love to see it. I'll just say that. I'm not going to say I favor Michael Pittman. I'm not going to say I favor or I like his chances. I would love to see it because JC Jackson has gone up against fellow big, tall receivers as talented, if not more than Michael Pittman. And he's come out on top. And that is also a guy that I would throw the checkbook at this off
1: as well. So, um, if I had to bet though, I think, I think they'll go, they'll double, um, they'll double Michael Pittman and they'll put JC, Jack- and they'll leave JC Jackson alone with T Y probably.
0: Here's the thing, man. Someone's got to step up. Somebody's got Someone to. Someone
1: has to step up, to. man. That's to.
0: part of why outside of the drops outside of all this shenanigans, I've gone back and watched these games. Coverage is being thrown at Michael, and there's no one else getting open. There is no one else getting open. T.Y. isn't even gaining separation. Zach Pascal started hot this season. I haven't heard from him since, like, week seven. Mm -hmm. Not even week seven. That was San Francisco in the rain. haven't heard from him since, like, week five, four. What has happened to him? I don't know. Ashton Doolin. He's had two catches in the last two games, but they've both been touchdowns. At least he's getting in the end zone.
1: Right. At, At least he's, least he's getting, getting in the
0: end, end zone. zone. So someone has to help Mike out. Why do you think? Have
1: to. Why you think every TY catch you've seen so far has been a contested catch? A contested, ridiculous TY catch. Yeah, all yeah. It's been that's the all, that's the only type of catches he's able to make the because he's type. not getting any separation right now. No.
0: Nope. And no,
1: nope. it, 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 it tough. Just,
0: it sucks to see what injuries have done to this guy. I mean, the last mm-hmm. what three years, the yeah. ankles, the high low ankle sprain he had uh, in 2018. We needed him for that mm-hmm. stretch run for the playoffs, and man, it it sucks, I'm, man. Tore him
1: apart, man. Tore him it apart.
0: sucks. It sucks. He. all he, right, Mike.
1: What's yours? Let's have it.
0: Mar- you already know what it is, man. Eric. Fisher. Eric. Fisher going up against the pass rush of the New England Patriots. It is going up against this coach. Yeah, he is going to attack Eric Fisher. He might even put Matthew Judon on Braden Smith and send two rushers on the left side, maybe, or he'll just say, Judon, go attack. Go eat. eat. Just go eat. And I am scared to death because. (laughs) <laughs> of course, you are going to have to run the game, get the running game going in this game. Mm-hmm. It's on your home turf. Keep it going. But you will have to pass as well. You're not oh, going to yeah. just run all over New England. That is something you are not going to do. There may not be some big name guys on the front line, but they are all doing their job and they do it good. They do it good. So Eric Fisher is clearly, clearly, easily the winkling, the Wink weak link okay i don't know who puts up more of a fight the pretzel i ate this morning or eric fisher in the <laughs> past pass blocking i don't know who puts up a better fight i don't know but it's not good it is not good it is something that's going to be highlighted every single week in the biggest games eric fisher has cost this team three huge momentum changes tennessee baltimore tampa bay those are teams with speed, good rushers. You're facing another one for the next, what, four weeks? Me, personally, I don't care how much you're paying him. How The money that you're putting into him is not benefiting you in the long run. It's not. So forget about, oh, man, we can't just sit him We're paying him this much. Yes, you can, because he sucks. And if there's somebody better playing the position, that's all reason to play him. Forget about money. Clearly, it's a lost cause. It's not working out. It's not. Miss me with the whole Achilles injury. Achilles injury or not, he's not helping the team. And that's the bottom line. Is he not playing good because of the Achilles? Yes. But he's still not playing good. So (laughs) cut your losses. Evaluate it in the offseason. Let's get Matt Pryor in there so he can drag dog Matthew Judon on this weekend. Oh, God. Hey, you like, saw- what
1: we're not going to do is act like Matt Price is going to come in and <laughs> stop Matthew Judo. Chu- hey,
0: man, do I need to pull up some highlights when he faced Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead? Do I need no. to pull up those highlights?
1: No, you don't need to pull them okay, up. Okay, because I probably Matthew wouldn't have Chu-
0: been able to right here.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> uh- <laughs> well, now, nah, man, I understand totally where you're coming from. Man. You know, me and you have had Eric Fisher conversations, and, and I think we both can agree that. If it even if it is the Achilles, whether it's the Achilles or not, he's not playing well right now. So they have to do something now about that problem. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough, man. I'm I ain't gonna lie, I'm I'm terrified. I'm terrified because we know with pass rushers, Eric Fisher did good on Shaq Barrett. I mean, well, not did good, but he did, he contained him enough. But all it takes is one play. See what I'm saying a defense, a, a pass rusher only needs one. He only needs one that can change the total momentum of the game. And that play Shaq Barrett made, man, that, that still haunts me.
0: I wouldn't you know, even so. say he played good against Shaq Barrett. I was watching that matchup more than the actual game, honestly, man. And Shaq Barrett was beating him almost every snap. Just the timing of Wentz's throws is what caused Shaq Barrett not to get to him. But when well, the secondary finally hold up, <laughs> when the secondary finally held up, it gave Barrett an extra second or two, and he got home. Eric Fisher was getting beat. He was getting I, I remember we were having the conversation in the chat the other day. Even Destin came out and said, Oh, I thought he played good against Chuck Barrett. No, he didn't. You were probably high while watching the game, probably drunk watching the game. He didn't know what you were watching. So that's just Eric, not how Destin it was play. being
1: a father, a responsible father at the time. That's why he didn't see Eric Fisher getting beat. He's watching his son
0: all right <laughs> <laughs> oh man let's get into some keys to victory man uh just re- re- just real quick before we do that man just to highlight some um some big games this week and of course thursday night football chiefs and chargers you definitely want by by now you want the chiefs to come out on top in the division take care of the chargers chargers lose we move up to the fifth seat i believe um raiders and browns i don't know if that's probably that just i guess a toss-up i guess uh if anything have the raiders lose you'll play them later this year baker mayfield's gonna miss that game so it might be the raiders that come out on top then we got um we got the panthers and the bills you would want the bills to lose but with the panthers and the rate they're going at maybe not steelers and titans you want steelers to win you you want them to win uh if there's any chance to get this division It is now go four and oh, you will have to go four and oh. Um, and the Titans playing Pittsburgh, San Francisco, red hot Miami squad, they could lose three in a row, and the Colts can go four and oh, you can recapture the division. That's still a possibility. I'll I'll keep mentioning it because it is a possibility. Um, other than that, Bengals, Broncos, Bengals take care of the Broncos. That's all I ask. So, getting into some keys to victory. Rashad, I'm going to start with you, man. We're going to go one each. All right? One each. One each. each.
1: Let's get it. (sighs) Front door. Here I come. I'm coming right through the front door. Dang, you ain't even going to ring the doorbell? No, I'm not going to ring the doorbell. Damn. Okay. I'm coming right through. I'm coming right through the front door. John him, Run the damn ball. Run it. Frank, what I want to say is about this, though, I want to be clear in my stance on this. Run the ball smart don't just run the ball blindly because if you run the ball stupidly on the first down and second down you end up in third and long situations and that's how Magic Judon end up strip sagging somebody and then getting a return for a touchdown we don't need that run the ball on first down see how your how, how your offensive line is responding if they're getting any push if they're moving anybody if they're not then we may have to throw the ball hopefully we can trust carson to throw the ball at this point he's proved that he can And he can't beat teams like that because if you want to talk about it, Carson Wentz has played well in a couple of games and the defense failed him. He played well against Tampa Bay. He put up 400 yards against Baltimore. Defense failed him, but that's not on Carson. So I think Carson proves that he, if he's asked to go out there and have to play at a high level that he can but we got to run the ball. We got to find a way to run the ball. Frank, get creative. Hey, maybe reverse. We saw Michael Pittman get a 33 yard reverse last week. Shout out to Michael Pittman. Find creative ways to run the ball. Ashton, Doolin in reverse, dual back sets with Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. Get the ball in those guys' hands. Scheme up ways to get those guys in space and let them do what they do, man. We have to run the ball,
0: though. Mm, okay. I like it. What you got? My next one, I am going to say, this is a game that the pass rush has to come alive. The pass rush has to come alive. You got to get in Mac Jones's face. If he is going if this is going to get into a throwing match, I think Mac Jones can do it. We saw it at Alabama. he's capable capable of it. He'll throw it around the yard he'll throw it around the yard. Will he be successful? I don't know. But the pass rush has to come. I have not called for Quiddipay this year at all because I've been clear on my stance about rookie defensive ends. I have not called for Dial Dangbo. I have not called for Alkadi Mohammed, Kamoko Toure. I haven't. But this game, I'm calling them. I'm calling for them. We already know DeForest Buckner is going to get double uh, teamed. We already know. We already know that's the game plan for every team that's going to go up against us. But Quiddy Pay, Dial al Alkani Muhammad, Kamoko Toure have got to disrupt the timing of Mac Jones. You have to rookie quarterback, possibly the best rookie quarterback you're going to play this year. Uh, you've gone, you missed out on going against uh, Zach Wilson, who I was already on record of him being bad in the NFL. You go on against Trevor Lawrence, who is in pathetic Jacksonville. Um, I believe there's a couple. I think there's a couple others in my my. I can't think of them off the top. But Matt Jones is going to be the better one that you face. Uh, Say Davis Mills? Davis Mills, yeah. Um, Matt Jones has played a lot better than I thought he would. He's commanded the line of scrimmage. He's commanded that huddle. And he's earned the respect of all those guys. So he gets credit in that sense. But this game pass rush has to come alive uh maybe maybe it doesn't have to be sacks just get get in his face man get in his face disrupt those throws you know disrupt the timing of those throws leads into some interceptions leads into some tip drills just get active man just get active this is a big 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 fight feel man and i really really can't think of a bigger game Think of a bigger game than this, man. Uh, New England, Arizona on Christmas. Swear to God, better not screw up my Christmas. You got Las Vegas, and then you got Jacksonville. But this is the game you have to have. You've been battle-tested this entire year, okay? You've gone through all the highs and the lows. The lows really suck. But this team, I think, is, is starting to figure out how to win games, in my opinion. I think they are. This is the game. I think they're going to put it on display. Even though New England looks scary right now, even though Bill Belichick is the goat of all coaches, I do think this is in favor of Indianapolis at the end. You ending. might
1: as well go right into your prediction. You yep. have to roll right on into yep. it. My ahead.
0: prediction: I'm gonna go with the Colts. Okay. I I, Mm -hmm. I like this matchup for all the reasons. You know, I said New England's good. It's going to be a tough out. I still think this team is going to rise above it. I'm going to take the Colts. I'm going to take them 27 to 17.
1: I'm going to take
0: them 10 points, 27 to 17. Remember what I said? Remember what I said? I think teams like Buffalo and New England have benefited from a, a softer schedule. I think they have. Um, and that's shown up, you know, Atlanta or New England, what they did to Atlanta. Wow. Incredible. Uh, they've had some other easier games and I think Indianapolis is just a lot more battle tested when it gets into that third, fourth, fourth quarter. I think we're going to have the edge because of where we've been already this season and what we know, what we need, to do, I think New England only had one game where they've been tested like that, and that was Tampa Bay. Week two, I think, week th- two or three. So I'm ready for it, man. Where are you going? Uh,
1: I went back and forth on who I was going to pick, man. And just thinking about it and after a long thought, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm gonna go with 27 24. We'll uh, go with the Colts. <laughs> I'm going to go with Indy, man. I'm going to go with Indy, 27-24. Um, my reasons being, I think Frank Wright, Matt Eberflus. I think Flus is smart enough to know he has to make Mac Jones beat him. And I just don't think Mac Jones can. You know, I just don't see it. Maybe they surprise me. I think the Colts have forced a couple turnovers. The Colts have 29 turnovers at this point. They leave the NFL. They had a goal of 40. They have four games left. They would need 11 turnovers in four games, which is not easy. But if they average about 2.7 2. turnovers a game, they'll get there. They'll get their goal of 40, which I laughed at at the beginning of the season because I thought it was wasn't even possible to get 40 turnovers. But this coach team has been opportunistic. I think they find a couple turnovers somewhere in this game, and I think the coach somehow pull it out. Man, 27 to 24 on a money badger field goal
0: money badger
1: money badger you're putting the
0: you're putting the game in his hands he's money like and he's a badger he is money and he's a badger
1: apparently so
0: all right guys well we we don't need to tell you anymore of how big this game is uh how I mean, I already said it. I think Indy is battle-tested. I think they know how to win. I think they're going to figure out how to win. I mean, they need to figure out how to win this game yeah, uh, they do. for all reasons. If not, then we could probably start getting ready for the draft. Uh, talking about that, maybe. No, it's like, not, man.
1: We just will have to run the table after that, though. So Arizona becomes a must-win if we lose the Patriots, I tell you that.
0: Ah man, I need this game. I need this game. We haven't beat the Patriots and we haven't beat the Patriots in how many years? Like 10? We gotta do our thing, man. We gotta do our thing and show out. Come on, get the stadium rowdy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gonna be watching Saturday night. I was thinking about going to the Texas High School State Championship and filling up that damn stadium, like Texas does all the time. But right, unfortunately, I gotta be home, gotta watch the Colts and Patriots. Colts is gonna take care of it, guys. Thank you for listening to the Blue Stable Podcast, the official Colts podcast of fan signed guys. I am Michael Tarazas. Here is Rashad McGinnis. We're coming out on top this weekend. Fuck the Patriots. Thanks.